In the effort of transparency and fairness, some of our group members who may or may not be participating in this episode work for Tapas and Funimation. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are their own and do not represent the views and opinions of their employers. Additionally, any sponsorship BL Garden or Fujocon receives from either organization was handled by our PR rep and our members with industry ties had no role in solicitating or obtaining that sponsorship. Now on to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 801 Reviewed. I'm your host Britt and joining me today on this novel adventure is the amazing Cho. Get ready for some monster fucking because we are reviewing the MM novel Soul Eater by Lily Maine. Soul Eater uh, is the first in a planned four book series. Uh, books one through three and a novella are available on Amazon and book four is currently in the works. So the setting is very post-apocalyptic fantasy. It's featuring monsters and human men falling in love. Anybody that's interested in triggers, the first book uh, that most you see is explicit content and scenes of violence. Uh, each book does follow a different couple, though characters from other books pop up, which means you have to read them in order. A little bit about the author, Lily Maine. Lily Maine writes what she loves to read, sweet yet gritty romances against unusual backdrops, dark futuristic dystopian, and more. And also, monsters. And Soul Eater is her debut novel. And for a book summary for Soul Eater, 20 years ago, monsters rose on the earth and began a new age of civilization, one where humans live in a military-controlled, cramped, and dirty cities along the coasts, and majority of the United States is known as The Wastes. A lawless, desolate, and dangerous place teamed with monsters that have claimed the land for their own, including Wynn, the Soul Eater. He appears every three years, making his way across the country and slaughtering humans randomly, sucking them dry until they're nothing but husks. Danny has only been in the military for six months, but now he's part of a unit tasked with trying to stop and capture Wynn. And when he's the only soldier out of hundreds that the Soul Eater leaves alive, he realizes that something about him has intrigued Wynn. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good summary. It kind of just mostly an intro to get into, not to get into too many spoilers. Um, so for this book, uh, my first question is why review Soul Eater and what got our attention when choosing the title to review? So I read this because Britt brought it up. And I at did. first I was like, uh, like Soul Eater, the, the anime? <laughs> <laughs> but then I was told it was a monster fucking book and that piqued my interest. Because I'm actually not a huge monster fucking reader. I, I think the last one I read was Kraken by M. Caspian. And that featured, of course, as you can tell, tentacle sex. Soul Eater is very different from that. But I was excited for a change of pace and a chance to expand my monster fucking repertoire. That's a good reason. Good reason to me. Uh, so I am an avid reader of darker MM books. Um, but I honestly hadn't really read any that was really monster fucking that I can recall. Um, I usually stick to, you know, you have a lot of paranormal vampires and such. Uh, but at some point after this year's Fujocon, I started to get an interest in looking for books that would be actual monster fucking. And I will thank some of the other people that went to the con for that. Uh, thanks. Uh, that rabbit hole has been going down. 
<laughs> I happened upon this title and the reviews that were out made it clear uh, that there would actually be monsters with monster parts and lots of fucking abound. Which you don't always see. A lot of times it's like, well, yeah, you're a monster, but you still have a regular human dick. So eh, it's not the same. What about Soul Eater makes it unique? And how does it compare to other books that fall under quote unquote monster fucking? So for me, like I mentioned before, I'm not a huge monster fucking connoisseur. I'm the brother fucking connoisseur. You've heard my voice before. Um, I've read a few books here and there and probably probably like mostly f actual like fanfics that I can't recall at the moment. Um, but monster fucking has been a huge staple of fandom and disruptive queer indie lit of your since forever. And these days you don't see a lot of indie of it in like queer indie publishing, like actual monster fucking. Um, and that's indie or otherwise. It remains alive and well uh, with self pub, um, like Soul Eater. And I am very glad for that. <laughs> uh, but I think the rarity combined with like the general kinkiness is one of the drawing points. And also mm -hmm. that, uh, and this was covered in the monster fucking panel at FujoCon 2021, um, just that queer people tend to really relate to monsters and how they're viewed in society. And I think that also plays into it. What about you? Man, you make it, it's all like so educated. And here I am. My, my answer <laughs> is, like I had mentioned, um, my monster fucking experience as far as books go were mostly featuring the vampires, incubi, succubi, werewolves, uh, which again, mostly had your typical human genitalia with the exception of maybe werewolves that often had that like extra not business, but sometimes with human dicks. Uh, <laughs> uh, but with Soul Eater's Wynn, um, who is the main monster in the story, uh, very much does not have that issue. Uh, which actually stood out to me. Um, and I, you know what? I, I'm not gonna lie. I did appreciate it. Um, uh, but also I would say the personalities of the two main characters really felt unique. Um, or at least they had personalities that I personally wasn't expecting, which kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, what were your first impressions of Danny and Wynne? And did your opinion of them change by the end of the book? So I do some writing myself and I know what it's like when you favor one character over another, like even if it's unconscious, you're like, okay, this character is my, my boy and I'm, I'm sticking with him. And it kind of felt like Wynne was maybe like Lily Maine's favorite character to write because his personality was just a lot more like straightforward and pick up. And also he's, he's loves his human so much. And that's just a really admirable <laughs> quality to have in a monster. Uh, I thought that was really cute. Danny came off as like, pardon the pun, the straight man, yeah. um, not intended, not applicable, but like more, uh, I guess, not like flat or stock, but just like more reserved. Like he's seen more like, well, he's a military man, of course, he's going to be a little bit more serious and straightforward. And even though they both came at this relationship in the beginning um, from opposite sides, uh, by the end of it, I feel like Danny did the, had the most personality growth and the most character growth. And eventually his feelings for Wynn, um, like him letting that vulnerability out uh, after that rocky beginning, really won Danny over for me. Yeah. When I first uh, started reading, I, I really did not like Danny. Mm. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to hate him the entire book. And he really, at first he comes off as this like kind of pathetic in a few, you know, in different ways. But, you know, I really think I was judging him pretty harshly. I mean, if I were in his shoes, uh, stuck in this corrupted military, I had no family and everybody around you just kind of literally falls dead. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would probably freak out and come off of, you know, a bit weak and run away. Uh, but, you know, however, my opinion of him completely flipped um, 
not even not even that far into the book he ends up being a lot stronger mentally than we are definitely led to believe at first sight i'd say when when was honestly not what i was expecting at all i thought he would be this sort of generic overpowerful overbearing asshole which is kind of typical of a lot of you know your darker novels you always have somebody that's this overbearing asshole um it's a trope i love it myself but you know you get used to it but you know he didn't he ended up not being that at all he ends up being really you know caring uh borderline almost of a, a softy uh when it mm-hmm. comes especially when it comes to danny um and yeah he's a little bit awkward at times uh even though he's like millennial amount of years old so you know when it comes to personal interactions especially with humans it's it's awkward uh but you know he's he's really a good he's a good bean at heart for sure um and i think you know especially by the end of the novel i felt like they really complemented each other um and that's you know that's kind of how i feel about both i actually really enjoyed them and they wasn't expecting what they ended up being without spoiling anything were you satisfied with the ending why or why not I found the ending to be pretty satisfying and that's saying a lot because most of the time I found that endings, especially with like, this isn't an erotica necessarily, but like with stories with a lot of sex scenes that tends to be wrapped up like very hastily. Mm-hmm. And when I, I was like in the middle of reading while I was on a plane and I looked through the Goodreads and I saw that, oh, there was more in the series, but they focus on like a different couple each time. And I was like, I really hope this isn't going to be a case where like we have to rush Danny and Wayne's development in order to like wrap up the story so we can go focus on a new couple. Mm -hmm. But I actually really liked how they got along in the end. And Danny's whole like, of course, you have to have like the angst in the last 10%. And we had that. But I feel like Danny, uh, the way he was portrayed, the way he dealt with that without spoiling anything, that was really endearing. And I feel like it made the ending that much sweeter. And it wrapped up really nicely while still leaving it open to where, okay, you want to see more of their development and you will see like, I guess, glimpses of their relationship in other stories. So it did feel like closing the book on Danny Wynn, but it felt like, okay, this is a good place to leave off and maybe we'll come back to this later. I think it's funny because I also was, <laughs> was reading this while on a plane coming back to the oh, US, yes. <laughs> actually. Uh, so it was a really nice length that got me through, you know, my flight. So, um, so yeah, I would say uh, overall, um, I was I was pretty happy with the ending. I mean, there are a few sections I felt like the author just sort of skimmed over uh, that I was honestly curious about, mostly scenes with like the military and 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 whatnot. Uh, and I think some of those might be addressed maybe in later books. I don't know uh, because they were just kind of blown over. Um, but you get hints of that. I think that it will be addressed at some point. I don't know. But yeah, I was generally happy with the ending. Um, and it was nice to have a little breath of fresh air from my usual book reading. And the characters actually, you know, seemed happy in the end. And they would say they're definitely in love. Nothing tragic in this one for me. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, which is unexpected in a dystopic novel. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. All right. So we're going to enter the spoiler zone. This is your point of no return. And spoilers are on the horizon. So if you don't want to be spoiled by the book... Stop listening now. So, Joe, was there a particular character or scene that really hooked you? Don't judge me, but I actually really liked Danny. I actually liked him more than Wynn. And that feels odd to say because he was the one that I found myself getting frustrated with the most throughout the story. But it's that he's, like, so incredibly flawed and here's this monster that loves him and I feel like that when I was reading like about that as I was like getting mad at him and like how much Wynn like wanted him um to the point of like 
light. I'll call it obsession instead of possession. <laughs> um, I, that's what really hooked me. I was like, okay, so you have this pathetic, <laughs> okay, I didn't even call it pathetic, <laughs> but he is pretty pathetic character. Bit, yeah. And yet, <laughs> and even he has a, like a creature, I was going to say a person, but a creature that is just like head over heels in love with him. And that's when I really started to feel like, okay, we have this not unlovable, but like hard to love maybe man and this of course, hard to love creature because he's a he's a monster and they come together. And that is really what monster fucking is all about is monstrous things, queer people loving monstrous things, monsters. So yeah, Danny was my, well, he ended up being my favorite character because he's just like, I was reading, I was like, oh God, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and then, but that's my favorite kind of character type is a fucking piece of shit. Right? And I feel by the end, he really like pulled himself together. I, 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 I relate fucking pieces of he's shit. also he was also the horniest which he i was. appreciate he was pretty horny i'm not gonna lie you're, you're right um so for me um as much as i love the two main characters and i really really did uh, i i really kind of got my attention was kind of focused on on eden um who is mm. like a side character and he's like this big monster guy who seems so much better at i guess people skills than when even though he's younger um, I don't know. I don't know how much younger he is. He's, but he is younger. Um, but he really sounds sexy as hell, and I would totally fuck <laughs> him. Um, and honestly, I'd probably fuck Win too because I'm just that kind of person. Uh, but like, Eden is—he's just like really kind and and caring. He's he's there for Danny and and does what he can for him. He doesn't even know Danny, and he's just like, okay, cool, human, all right. You know, you're my you know my Win's friend and lover, and all right, let's uh, make sure you're taken care of. Uh, and, you know, regardless of dealing with all the humans that are more or less trying to kill him, um, you know, all the time, um, I do know that the next book in the series focuses on him. So if you like him, I would suggest checking the next book out. I certainly plan to. Good guy, Eden. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, were there any weak points or issues you found with this book? The premise of Soul Eater is, was really interesting to me. Um, you have a monster and a human who don't initially see eye to eye. They're, of course, like star-crossed or on opposite ends of a society that has been completely destroyed. Um, and yet you end up with the, on the fuck-fueled road trip across the ruined ashes of the crater dystopia. <laughs> that's a good that they way to call it, yeah. <laughs> and because it's the first book and what will eventually be like a series where, of course, they won't be the main characters, but they will feature, um, hopefully. Uh, I was expecting like action, adventure, and on top of the monster fucking. Um, but it was mostly monster fucking and not a lot of action and adventure, which, I mean, I'm totally fine with. Uh, Y'all know I love my stimmy scenes. But I think that because I was expecting a much more of an epic story, it made me mm -hmm. feel like what I got was lacking. Um, and the book isn't particularly long. Like I said, it was like one three hour plane flight and I, I finished the rest of it. Um, and it's just the first part of a series. And we'll see, I guess, little glimpses of them before uh, in the aftermath. And Lily Mae really did a solid job of letting us know who the characters were and helping us become invested in them with what we were shown. Um, but I think just, yeah, because I was expecting like, I saw a dystopia and I was like, okay, so it's going to be like a, a dystopia. It's going to be action, adventure, um, military is involved. It's going to be a whole sprawling thing. And it kind of just, that was all like just the background for the romance and the erotica. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I guess that for me, it's not really addressed, but at the end of the day, Danny, you know, he is human and he won't live longer than a normal human would. And on one hand, um, you know, I appreciate that the book handles human mortality like as it is. I mean, we're, we're human. We're going to die. That's just life. But like on the other, 
Um, you know, I just want to see them happy um, eternally, I guess, in some ways. I mean, that happens a lot in some of the other paranormal books, especially with vampires. Suddenly, you know, oh, you're a vampire too, or you can live for with me, whatever magical reasoning. Um, you know, and I, I honestly think, you know, even though I think they both know, okay, that is going to happen eventually, um, I think Wynn will honestly be pretty crushed if or when Danny dies. And I assume that's what's going to happen. I mean, I only read book one, so who knows? But that's what it, I mean, I don't think there's any magical reasoning for Danny to stay youthful for, you know, whatever. And the only other, the only other issue I really, really noticed is kind of how Wynn has some major separation anxiety when it comes to Danny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, especially since they kind of, you know, especially in the beginning, they just kind of, they just met. Um, and he hasn't like, and Wynn hasn't really, you know, attached himself with anybody in like his thousands of years being around, but suddenly he's, he's attached. Um, and he does get a bit too obsessive and overprotective at times, especially like, and that happens, you, you know, it's that when, when Eden comes in, cause Eden's like, Hey, maybe you should keep him safe, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. and you know, Danny handles it the best he can, but I think, you know, it's going to become a bigger concern later in their relationship for sure. I mean, all couples, you know, even those that have, like, the most healthy and positive relationships, you know, they have to give each other space at times. And I think that's, you know, they're going on this road trip. They're never, like, never separated. Um, you know, that that could be a concern later down the road. I don't know. Because I know there's lots of people that are interested. Let's talk monster fucking. Hell yeah. Um, so how would you <laughs> rate the sex scenes for this book? And was there anything that really grabbed your attention? The sex in this book is is very plentiful, I'll say. Like, it's all, (laughs) it's, like, I'm not used to getting that in in a lot of MM stories, um, because a lot of publishers will try to warn against, like, oh, you shouldn't have too many sex scenes, which is why I'm so goddamn thankful that self-pub authors know how to give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. And Lily Wayne know how to Lily Wayne know how to give the people what they wanted, um, and actually there were so many sex scenes that even for me I ended up kind of like just sort of my eyes glazed over. I kind of like skimmed it because there were some where it was like one right after the other, um, and like I like I said I was on this trip um, and I was just like got through like the last thirty to forty percent like on a, a plane ride, um, so I was just like watching. I was like oh my goodness and I can't. I should be watching, like reading this with two elderly ladies flanking me because of course I had the middle seats. But I will say I loved them. Very steamy. Like out of jalapenos, out of five jalapenos, I'd give all of them probably like four, 4.5 jalapenos. It could have gotten kinkier, I'd say. Like we're talking about like an actual monster, not just like, oh, a a shifter who has a human form. And sometimes he like growls or has extra hair, but like an actual Mm. monster. I was expecting something a little bit like, I guess, harder core, but I, I'm a glutton. So <laughs> that's not that's a, against anything. That's, that's just fair. me. I mean, considering the things I would normally um, read, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say the one scene that did grab my attention wasn't a sex scene, um, but it felt like a sex scene. <laughs> it's that scene where Wynn says, I wanted him, so I took him. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I love me some good, like, obsessed mm-hmm. character, like just a character who doesn't have their shit together but it's just obsessed with another character oh i love mm-hmm. that so yeah that was like okay that stuck in my mind like i remember that word for word like oh yeah i wanted him so i took him i mean yeah i mean he could have he's just like yeah I, i've decided you are mine and that's just the end of it we're not there, there's no talking about it this is just how it is and yeah yeah um so for me um yes the sex scenes were plentiful and i was reading it on the plane back 
but true. nobody was sitting next to me for once. It was kind of, I got very, very oh. lucky. Um, but anyway, uh, so I really, I was not expecting this, this whole dick slash cloaca combo for win. Um, which, if anybody has read Homestuck or was in the Homestuck fandom at any point, uh, they kind of, the, the, the fandom has the thing for that sort of, like, dick cloaca whatever, uh, thing, and I, I loved it then, and having it here in a book, I loved it now. <laughs> and, and I'm a lady who appreciates all types of bits, so I was definitely happy with the sex scenes. They were very hot, and again, yes, they were very plentiful. Wanted to do this book because I went in hoping for actual legit monster fucking, and lo and behold, damn it, that's what I got. So A++ would read those scenes again. Same, same. So our final question. What other titles do you suggest, if you like this one? I have 2.5. Um... So, uh, I already mentioned Kraken by M. Caspian, uh, tentacle sex, like it's a shifter, but like actual tentacles and there's actual tentacle sex. So if you're coming off a soul eater and you're like, I like the putting things in orifices that are unconventional, that's something you should definitely look into. Uh, M. Caspian also does a lot of other really kinky monster adjacent books that I haven't all, haven't read as much. Um, but Kraken, very good. Um, if you're looking for other steamy creature features, but maybe want it to be a little bit more on the human side of things, um, the Wrong Alpha series by Alessandra Hazard is an Omegaverse. Um, it's part of the Unnatural series. Uh, the Wrong Alpha, the sorry, the Wrong Alpha is the first book. Unnatural is the first in the series, and it's a Megaverse story. But you get some shifter action. It's also very kinky and very good. Um, Number two uh, is the Relic uh, by series by Mathematics. That's also a little bit on the um, more human side, but with an unconventional monster. Because that's what I really liked about Win is that it wasn't your standard like just straight shifter. Um, in the Relic series by Mathematics, you have a pink dinosaur shifter. It's not as uh, seamy, but it is just. But like that dinosaur shifter is just as lovable as Win, <laughs> and. Point five, because this is a an FF title. Yes, I know we are on the eight hundred one, but hey, I, I love girls. I can't. I not. mean, fair. Um, the fate of same, right? I mean, hey, can't can't reel that in. Is the fate of stars by S. D. Simper? Um, you have some mermaid action and some some definite fucking uh, with the mermaid that won't happen how you think it does, but is also very monsterific. <laughs> also, leave it at that. <laughs> monsterific. I see. Now I want to know. I want to read that. Um, so it actually was a little difficult for me to answer this um, as far as suggestions. And usually I, ha I have some answers and I had to think about this for a while um, because, again, this book does end up with a happy ending. So if you like happy endings, well, there you go. Um, and it's, and I won't lie, happy endings are generally not my preference. Um, I am a slut for bad or bittersweet endings and terrible, terrible characters. That's just me. I love it. <laughs> but if you're you're less into darker stories, but enjoy monsters in love that are a little bit more lighthearted, uh, I would say check out the anime This Boy Caught a Merman or the manga Merman in the Tub by, by Itokichi, which are both about mermen and not really any sexy times, but there's stuff, you know, it's got cute romance. It's, it's sweet. And it's pastel colors and things. 
But if you're interested in something a bit darker with monsters, then I would check out uh, Hybrid Incubator by Meraki P. Dark. Uh, I believe that one also has the tentacles. I think that's a thing. So check it out. Um, the Merman in the Tub one actually has recently gotten a drama adaption in Taiwan called 49 Days with a Merman or 50 Days with a Merman, something like that. But yeah. Did it really? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> no idea how they pull that off. I love that show too. I thought it was really cute. So, Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 801 Reviewed. If you would like to learn more about us, check out our website at blgardendfw.com. Or check us out on Twitter at BLGardenDFW. And if you love this podcast and are considering supporting us, find us on Patreon. In addition, please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you listen. Your opinions are important to us. Until next time, this is Britt and Show signing out. Bye! Bye!